You may be seated. We definitely thank God for this day. We thank God for the spirit that's in the house. And as I was sitting there, I said, okay, Lord, are we going with the way things were planned? And uh, he said, go ahead. And I said, okay, Lord, uh, you know, in my ministry, I'm not going to be before you very long anyway. So, but I do have a word from the Lord. Um, we definitely, uh, to set protocol, give honor to Bishop and Lady, uh, First Lady Brady and to all of those ministers and everybody who, yeah, y'all. It's time to get to the word. Um, there was a lot more I had written, but we're going to get to the word. Get Bible in hand. We're going to First Kings. We definitely thank God for just his spirit that's in the house. We, we thank God for relationship, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, First Kings chapter 18, and uh, uh, we're going to read a few verses there. Uh, we're going to walk out of that chapter, and then we're going to walk right into chapter 19. And if you don't mind, if you would just stand to your feet, I, I feel a push in my spirit. So, uh, you know, with all the protocols, I, I, need to, I need to get to this word. Oh, my God, today. First Kings chapter 18, we're going to read verses 44 through 46. And then we're going to walk into chapter 19, reading verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, and like a, a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Verse chapter 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life, and thy life one of them, by tomorrow about the same time. And when he saw that he arose and, and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there, but he himself went, this is still Elijah, he, he ran, he ran, he ran, he ran. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested from himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough now. Oh, Lord, take my life for I am not better then my fathers, you may be seated. We've had much prayer today, so we're going to go on into the word, all right? Oh, my God, today I feel you in this place. 
Uh, several weeks ago, I was in service, and uh, the atmosphere was electrified by praise and worship, just like today. And as a congregation, we collectively were crying unto God with the sound of thanksgiving, and, and we were rejoicing over the blessings and the accomplishments of God. Uh, and I sat in my seat, and in my spirit, I heard a word from the Lord that said, what about after the miracle? Uh, and I immediately took note of it, and, and, and I began to seek God for clarification. Uh, Lord, what are you trying to say? What are you asking? And he gave me one word. He said, relationship. And I said, okay, okay, okay. And so I sat again, and a couple weeks ago, I'm sitting in service, and, and again, the worship is high, and it has ignited the atmosphere, and I hear God say again, what about after the miracle? Ah, now this time my heart became heavy and, and, and so much so I went to Elder Adams and I went to Elder Talbert and I said, I need you to pray with me. I, I, I don't know what the Lord is trying to say. I, I don't know if, if what I'm supposed to do with this word. Is this something that I need to share with someone? Is this a word for me? Is, is there something I'm supposed to do with this word? Help me, pray with me so that I understand what I'm supposed to do. And it was soon after that that Bishop asked me to preach this my last Sunday here in the Kansas City area. And I believe God made my assignment clear. Uh, so for the next few moments, it's 1214. Uh, for the next few moments, I want to speak from the main thought after the miracle after the miracle and and and, and for a supplemental thought uh, i want to speak what is the status of your relationship what what what's what shatabasa uh, what is the status of your relationship now uh, for us to understand the text that we have before us i gotta give you a, just a little bit of background knowledge about elijah uh, we are introduced to Elijah at the beginning of first Kings in chapter 17 and and he goes before Ahab by God and, and he lets him know that there's a drought that's going to come to the land and he he's being a messenger of God and, and he's telling him there is a drought coming to the land now after he does this uh, God sends Elijah to the wilderness uh, and he lets him know I'm going to provide for you in the wilderness now I'm going to provide you because there are going to be ravens that come and give you food to eat and there's going to be a brook that you're going to drink from in this wilderness experience and so Elijah goes to the wilderness and God does exactly what he says he supplies him with divine provision now there comes a point in time however while Elijah 
is in the wilderness that the brook dries up. It becomes dry because of the drought that has hit the land. And so at this point, Elijah, he has to have faith in God and his faith becomes tested. Now, God, you said that you were going to provide for me in this wilderness experience, but the brook has dried up. Lord, what am I supposed to do when the provision runs out? He is met at this time. He is tested about his faith. Is he going to believe God at his word? Now let me pause just for a second. Have you ever been in a place where you know, you know, you know God has directed you to this place? And you know that after progress and advancement, something happened. Something changed. And you became stifled and stagnant uh, your services were no longer sought after uh, the orders stopped coming in uh, sometimes you felt like you were going backwards and not forwards uh, the provision dried up what did you do uh, what did you do after the miracle Ah, my God today. Oh, and so we see that God says to Elijah, I want you to go to this widow, this widow woman. She's down the street and she's going to provide for you. But it's in this place that Elijah, even though he was going after what God had said, God had an assignment for him. When Elijah gets to this widow's house and some of us, we know know the story she had a little bit of oil and she had a little bit of meal and she was getting ready to bake her last cake for her and her son and she was getting ready to die oh but God sends Elijah to this woman and he lets her know if you bake my cake first God is going to supply and so she does out of obedience she bakes Elijah a cake first and we see one miracle her uh, substance began to multiply and so we praise God hallelujah for that miracle oh but then there came a time when her son got sick and her son dies and she goes to Elijah and she says to him now you came into my house I was ready to die a long time ago but you done come up in here and you gave me some faith. You gave me some hope. But now my son is dead. What am I supposed to do after the miracle? And so Elijah, he tells the widow woman, give him the, give me the son. And he takes him up to the chamber. And even Elijah, I can tell in the scripture, he was a little confused himself. He was like, God, I don't believe you brought me into this woman's house. And now her son dies. And so through prayer, he languishes. And he asks God, Lord, please. Bring the soul back into the sun. 
And through prayer, God answers Elijah, and he brings the son back to life. And so after the miracle, God instructs Elijah uh, to once again go to Ahab and present himself. And God is now going to send the rain. Now what we need to understand uh, that King Ahab, uh, although he was the king of Israel, uh, God's chosen people, he didn't worship like he was supposed to. Uh, he worshiped a false god named Baal. Uh, and so Elijah comes to King Ahab uh, and he lets him know, I want you to bring all your prophets uh, unto Mount Carmel uh, and what I'm going to show you uh, who is the true God. Uh, so it's in this place uh, that Elijah gets uh, the, uh, the prophets of Baal uh, and he brings them to the place and he says we're going to have a test uh, of whose God is the true God. Uh, now again some of us know this story but I want to just bring a brief summary. Uh, so they get together uh, and they build an altar. Again, the idea was the altar without human assistance. And so the, the prophets of Baal, they place a bullock on the altar and they begin to do their song and dance, but nothing happens. And so in frustration and out of desperation, they begin to cut themselves and plead on the altar and still... Elijah's turn and he said let me show you a few things oh and he rebuilds the altar but he doesn't stop there he builds a trench he places the bullock on the altar and he commands the people pour some water over the sacrifice pour some water over the wood and so they pour and they pour he said no 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 no, 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 it's, it's not wet enough. Come on, I need you to pour some water over the sacrifice and pour some over the wood. And so they poured again. He said, no, 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 no. It's, it's not ready, it's not ready, it's not ready. I need you to pour some water over the sacrifice and pour some water over the wood. And they poured so much water that the trench filled up with water. And he said, now let me show you something. And he began to pray. And there was a fire that came from heaven. And it shut up. It consumed the burnt sacrifice. It consumed the wood. It consumed the stones. It consumed the dust. And it licked up all the water that was in the trench. There was no sac there was no trace of the sacrifice left. There was no trace of the sacrifice yet. I need you to catch that. There is no trace. Ministers, somebody preached that one day. There was no trace. Um, that's my going away present. There was no trace of the sacrifice left. And so Elijah, he says, okay, now you false prophets, come on. And he takes them and he slays them. 
Now we come to today's text. I did that in 11 minutes. Yes, God. Now we come to today's text. It is here that Elijah proclaims that there is a sound. There's a sound of an abundance of rain. It is here where he declares that the drought is coming to an end. And so he sent his servant out seven times to check to see if there was a cloud in the sky. And on the seventh time, the servant came back and said, yes, I see in the distance a little cloud, a little cloud like the shape of a man's hand. And Elijah tells the servant, go tell Ahab, he better get going if he's going home because he doesn't want to get caught in the rain. And Elijah himself gathers together everything and he says, I got to meet him in Jezreel. Now let me pause here for just a second and do just a quick recap. Elijah sent by God, announces a drought is coming. The drought happens where he receives divine supplies from birds and a brook. Elijah sent by God to a widow's house where he performs two miracles. Elijah sent by God challenges the prophets of Baal to a fiery test. Elijah sent by God witnesses the fire of God. Witnesses the fire. Witnesses the fire. Witnesses the fire of God come down and consume the sacrifice. Consume the wood. Consume the rocks. Consume the water leaving no trace. Elijah once again witnessed the manifestation of God's word through the impending rain. At this point, Elijah has performed five miracles. At this point, Elijah has witnessed, witnessed divine provision. At this point, Elijah has heard the Lord speak to him. At this point, Elijah has experienced himself. This ain't nothing he heard about. He experienced himself the power of God. Oh, but then we get to chapter 19. Jezebel. What Elijah has done, and she says, I'm going to kill him. And she said, she didn't just say it, she sent a messenger. Let him know I'm coming to kill him. And so, Elijah, he takes off running into the wilderness. And he gets to the wilderness. And he requests to die. He asked the Lord, take my life. Now, wait a minute. I'm confused. Is this not the same Elijah that performed five miracles? Is this not the same Elijah that experienced the power of God? Is this not the same Elijah that witnessed divine provision? 
in the wilderness. Is this not the same Elijah that God spoke to and he heard him? Is this not the same Elijah? How could Elijah forget the miracles and fear the enemy? How could Elijah overlook the divine provision and become overwhelmed with panic and insecurity? How could Elijah disregard the times that God spoke to him and dread the words that came from the adversary? How could Elijah not recall the experiences of the power of God and request to die? Did he not believe that God would shelter him? Did he not believe that God would safeguard him? Did he not believe that God would shield him? Did he not believe that God would save him? Now, some of you may be thinking, that's a great story, but what does that have to do with me? Well, let me tell you. In this year of God's accomplishments, some of us have observed some miracles. Some of us have witnessed the divine provision. Some of us have heard the voice of the Lord. Some of us have experienced the power of God. But I must ask, how will, you, how will we respond when the storms of life begin to rage again? How will we respond when the provisions dry up and become scarce? How will we respond when God's voice becomes silent? How will we respond when the power of God is no longer being manifested? Is our relationship with God strong enough to withstand the storms? Is our relationship with God strong enough for us to trust him despite circumstances and situations? Is our relationship with God strong enough to dispel the negative talk of the enemy? Is our relationship with God strong enough to know that God is and will forever be God? So as I prepare to close, uh, we must understand that after the miracle, it is our relationship with God that will keep us through those valley experiences. 
after the miracle. It is our relationship with God that will ground us during our wilderness experience. It is our relationship with God that will anchor us during those life storms. After the miracle, it is our relationship with God that will secure us in those times where the very ground we stand on begins to shake and crumble. So I ask you, what is the status of your relationship? Is it strong enough? Give me some soft music to overcome fear. Is it strong enough to combat worry and doubt? Is it strong enough to tackle stress? Is it strong enough to fight depression? Is it strong enough to battle confusion? What is the status of your relationship? If I had the opportunity, I would like to ask Elijah, what happened? What was going on? After everything you experienced, bullshit. You were a messenger of God, ministers. You were a messenger of God. You performed miracles. You experienced divine provision. You witnessed the power of God. How could you let the words of Jezebel cause you to fear so much that you wanted to die? What was the status of your relationship? After everything. And some of us, we're like Elijah. We like the miracles. We shout. We praise God. And, and he is worthy of the praise. Don't get me wrong. We benefit from divine provision where things happen out of, just out of nowhere. He's taking care of us. We take pleasure in hearing the word, the voice of God. We're not like in some religions where you have to go through somebody else to hear God. God will speak directly to you. So we take pleasure in hearing God for ourselves. We enjoy the works of the power of God. But at the slightest sign of trouble, we become fearful. And we forget what God has already done. 
her the miracle. What is the status of your relationship? Come on and give God some praise. to be transparent real quick. As Bishop has announced, I'm moving to Memphis, Tennessee to take on a position at the University of Memphis. And they had asked me to come early. My contract really doesn't start until August, but they asked me to come early to do some work this summer. And so I will be leaving, actually, tomorrow, headed down to Memphis. And I was supposed to, there was a class that I was supposed to teach, and then there was some administrative work. I got an email about two weeks ago. Dr. Combs, uh, we regret to inform, now, let me back up. They asked me to come early. They asked, right? Y'all got that part. To come early, to do some stuff. Okay. I get an email, Dr. Combs, we regret to inform you that the class that you are scheduled to teach has been canceled. And so I sat there reading this email, and I said, work now, looky here. Can I be transparent? See, I, I can't preach after the miracle if I ain't experienced. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I was counting on that money. Because my contract doesn't start till August. And for those of you who don't know, in education, we get paid once a month, and it's at the end of the month. I said, now, Lord, and I have to admit, I got a little nervous. And I got a little scared. Because I already borrowed money to for the move from my daddy, I didn't want to have to go back to him and say, I need some more. And yeah, he would. He would. And so I said, I sat there at my computer, and it took me a minute. It, and I got to be honest, it took me a minute. And I said, Lord, this is, this is not what we signed up. Now, the miracle was the position. But after... The miracle. There was a test. And so as I sat at my computer and I read, like maybe I missed something. Is there some extra attachments? Maybe they going to say, but, but, you know. I said, okay, Lord. And he said, after the miracle, right? And I immediately repented. And I said, God, I trust you. 
you did not bring me this far to leave me. Lord, forgive me of my moment of doubt, my moment of weakness. Help me craft a response. And so I responded. And before I hit sent, God said, no, go back. There's some more you need to say. And so I did. I didn't say, I went back, made the corrections, made, changed some language. <clears throat> I'm a professional, but I, I needed them to know. And God said, no, no, no. Fix that. But let me tell you how good God is. I sent the email, and immediately, within half a day, I guess that really isn't immediate, but whatever, half a day later, I get an email and it says, we have extended these projects for you to work on, and we're going to pay you what you were missing without teaching the class. So now, I'm going to work, but I don't have to teach anybody this summer. So I can get settled, I can get everything before fall semester starts, and I'm not going to miss that income. God was saying to me, to the miracle, there's going to be some tests. The enemy's going to test your relationship. Do you believe God at his word? After the shout is done and you go home, after the shout is done, and you get that phone call after the shout is done and that letter comes in the mail after the shout is done and that doctor's report comes back what is the status of your relationship will you stand firm and know that God is sovereign not some things he has all things in control. What is the status of your relationship? We have come to the last day of the sixth month of this year. The year of God's accomplishments. God has performed and will continue as Bishop preached a couple weeks ago. He's not finished. But we must check ourselves and think about what is the status 
of my relationship. This is the season. This is the season to build a deeper relationship with God. With all the foolishness that is going on in this world, this is the season to build a stronger relationship with God. It's this season. It's this season. God is sending a word to us today. After the miracle, you want your relationship with God to be so strong that whatever comes, you still know who God is. And so real quickly, before I take my seat, there are four ways that I want to give you real quickly to strengthen your relationship with God by getting rooted and grounded in Him. Number one, Ephesians 3 17 through 19. You want to plant yourself in the love of God. We understand that God is love. And what the enemy wants to do, he wants to come against our understanding that God is love. And so if we can plant ourselves, then the enemy can't fight us on that. He can no longer bound us with shame and guilt and all of that stuff because we know that God loves us. In spite of ourselves, God still loves. Number two, Psalms 1, verses 2 through 3. You need to plant yourself in the Word of God. You need to know the Word. You need to know His Word. Because you can listen to so-and-so, you can go on social media and listen to so-and-so, but you need to know what God has said. Because he's already proclaimed some things before the foundation of the world. He's already spoken over your life. You need to be grounded in his word. Number three, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. You need to plant yourself in the work of God. What has God already done? What has he already shown you about his character? What has he already shown you, Elder Tarber talked about, his, re, his reputation? What has he already shown you? You need to plant yourself in the work of God. Number four, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. You need to plant yourself in the confidence of Christ. Who he is. This is the season to get deeper in God. So that when the world gets crazier, because it's going to get crazier, 
We ain't seen nothing yet. Huh. Trust and believe. We ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get crazier. The scriptures need to be fulfilled. It's going to get crazier. But you need to be able to stand on your relationship with God. If you would stand to your feet. And altar workers, hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. We've had an altar call during service. But God is saying that there are some of you, now that you've heard, see, some of you were moved by the Spirit. But now that you've heard the Word, Some of you were moved by the Spirit. And thank God for that. But now that you've heard the word, God is saying to you, today is the day for you to decide, I need a deeper relationship with Him. I invite you to come. Just stand up.